So hello, welcome to episode five of We Have Issues. I'm Anthony. I'm Steven. And, uh, and that's the first time I didn't interrupt him in the intro. Good. So, I just did. <laughs> so every week, we, Steven and I get together and we talk about our attempts, our latest attempt to make a graphic novel. We've been trying to do this for over a decade. Um, something's always gotten in the way. Something has always gotten in the way. A lot of times it's been me. Some of the times it's been you. Um, a few times it's been me. <laughs> yeah. So, but something, something, you know, life uh, finds a way. And <laughs> comics, exactly. And comics haven't always found a way. So we're trying really hard um, to get this thing done. So far, I think we're doing a pretty good job. What do you think? I, I do too. I'll, the cover is done. Awesome. It's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case the camera chooses one of us. One of us is going not to be here. It this, might be here. These are bags of clothes, I believe. <laughs> not there. So maybe, maybe near the Majin Buu. Okay, so Stephen and I started this podcast as a way to chronicle our attempt at making this graphic novel. Um, if you're listening at home and you're not watching, we do have a YouTube video of our podcast. And we're, we try not to lean too hev- like heavily on the video aspect of it, but it is going to be important every once in a while to show the progress that we've made. So if you look <laughs> right here, what you're going to see is this beautiful cover that Stephen's drawn. Um, he did a great job, I think. <laughs> I think that like the process is really cool. And I think that... What did, was it easier than what we've been doing previously? What do you think? Um, yeah, because I didn't have to do as many other shadings. Like I said, I relied mostly on the pencils to fill in the darks. And then I just did a bunch of lighting effects. I might have overdone it with the lighting effects, but... I can you know what they say, out. more is more, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it looks awesome. So basically, last week we said you wanted to complete that cover. I wanted to send you at least the first chapter. And we both did it. Mm-hmm um celebrate <laughs> we did, yeah yeah total success. success um despite whatever we were dealing with individually as mm-hmm. human peoples um we were able to do it uh, so i'm part of a writing group based on all right this is gonna sound weird. okay so basically <laughs> i used to i used to watch this podcast called harmontown um mm-hmm. it was the creator of community slash co-creator of rick and morty dan Harmon created a podcast called Harmontown and I it was a huge part of my life for like six years almost seven years it was basically like it perfectly bookended my relationship with uh my son's mom (laughs) you know just one of those like it was in right before I met her and then like it ended right after we broke up which was just really weird you know it was like an end of an era type of thing Mm -hmm. anyway it was a big part of my life for like that section of my life and I just I love it and I'm still a part of several communities like subreddit I'm part of two different Facebook groups I've made a Facebook group um but basically like it's such a I'm a moderator of three other subreddits no, yeah like it's it really is pretty funny um but the community is really great so and they're really you know supportive people who are all or for the most part there's a, a huge percentage of them are like creatives you know like people who just like to make stuff so one of my like favorite living artists I met through the um Harmontown's uh, groups and here I'll like put some of his artwork up if I can but he's really great yeah oh right there um, but he's really great so I meet all these really cool interesting people who are interested in making comics or making music or whatever um, a lot of them are writers because like the community that surrounded Dan Harmon loved him it, it, like to an extent because of his writing and because mm-hmm. of the way he's open about his process of writing and breaking stories and that sort of thing is really it's 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 fantastic. Like it's really inspirational and it's like, it's fun to follow that sort of thing. And it helps me a lot for sure. 
Um, anyway, so I, I'm part of the group. And so I asked if anyone was curious about anything and someone said, so I got a few questions. So speaking of our thumbnails, because I wanted to ask you about this too. Someone said, um, or they asked, how do we handle communicating our individual visions to each other? And how do we share what's in our brains? And how do we verify that we understand one another? You know, so like I, for instance, sent you a script. So basically what I do when I write is I'll thumbnail first and then I'll write out what's in each panel and I'll send the script to Steven. And then I basically let you decide if you wanna see my thumbnails. <laughs> That's usually what I do. So if it seems too confusing or if, if you can't interpret it in some way that makes sense to you or that works for you, I'll show you what I'm thinking, right? Yes. So like- However, in, in previous uh, incarnations of our comic, I would just go ahead and spend, you know, 12 hours on a page before I even consulted you <laughs> and just show you this final pencil result. And you would be like, it's good, but there's always a but. Yeah, yeah it was so, pretty bad. I mean, yeah. I was all about the butts for sure. Um, but like, no, and like really what that's honestly, as the artist, like an artist need to understand that like you're, you're backseat to the writer. So like, even though like you're contributing to the imagery and obviously our, our dynamic is different. We obviously give each other more free play on both sides of the, the fence. We don't, but not all writers and pencilers or artists are going to operate that way it's very important that like you definitely get roughs down and like show the writer or talk to the writer and see if you're like following their vision so from what you saw of the script so far do you wonder like do you, how do you feel about the pages do you have an idea of what you want mm -hmm. you i'm know? starting to plot them out now that's what like usually what i do especially you know i'm you know how overthinking works so i've already started the process of like thinking about it and like completely like generating it in my head before I even put it to paper. Right. The first page is obviously overly intimidating because I, I just don't care to draw buildings and structures. No one does. No one mm -hmm. wants to. But um, so I've just been like kind of researching some duplexes and things like that to kind of create that. Mm -hmm. I might even just drive by and take a picture of your old apartment. Honestly. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Google Maps. Google Maps. Oh, yeah. Treat you. I could do that. That's what. Okay. So I'll tell everyone I have no shame in like, cheating certain things with my comic book. I 100% went on Google Maps and found like location for a building that like I wanted to, to use. I just took a screenshot and I basically used that as the template for what mm -hmm. I, like a couple- Which isn't things. even, I mean, Marvel straight up uses Google SketchUp and things like that yeah. to do their backgrounds so, out. It's not like it's a thing that people draw entire city landscapes anymore. You know, yeah, it's all true. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, I know you can, but I tr like I for me, it's the storytelling is the most important part. Like the actual narrative is the most important part. And so if you if you can convey the style, however you can do it, you do it. You know, like you don't have to invent a pen to draw a picture. You know what I mean? Like you use the tools at your disposal the best you can. You know, and and I get that so there are some people who are going to have a lot of pride in drawing a motorcycle, but for me, that's just so tedious, and that sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, like it, my, I, I when I started drawing my comic, uh, the Bullet and the Beast, I was just like, my next book will all be monsters with, on a planet in which there are no vehicles or buildings. Like it's just going to be a wooded area with just 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 lines, just vertical line trees <laughs> and monsters fighting you. Like, oh, I cannot draw. I, so yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna give you all the buildings to draw. <laughs> okay. So basically, what Stephen and I do is. Um, I, since I'm primarily the one who comes up with the stories or, you know, has been in the past, I, I write the thing and create uh, thumbnails, give them to Steven. He now will basically thumbnail 
what he's thinking, send it back to me and we'll just, I'll make notes on it or, you know, whatever I, th- or just tell him what I think about it and then we'll improve. And then he'll go on to the next stage, right? Mm-hmm. And, then- and currently we have like a new like game plan since Anthony's gotten a little bit more savvy with like the Photoshop and stuff too. Um, our current game plan is to like bounce back the pages too. Now, right. obviously if he's still writing and I'm somehow caught up on the pencils, then I'm just going to start coloring, obviously. Right. Our idea is to generate as much time between both of us as we can with what we do. That's why like, I already did the cover while he's writing. I got like, the approval for the character design. So I just went ahead and did the entire cover. Yeah, totally. Um, like the yeah, and like the pages, I'll I'll start penciling them. But if Anthony's still writing and I've already caught up on penciling all the pages, I'll probably color them too, and then we'll just we'll go from there. Yeah, it's all I, about getting it all done. Yeah, for sure. We're trying to create an a, like a workable assembly line as best as mm-hmm. we can, basically. So um, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm pretty sure because I gave you pages to start working on, but I'm pretty sure I'll finish writing it in the next yeah. couple of weeks. Like I'm just gonna- Writing's a lot quicker. Cause I mean, a page, if I'm really like, like the absentee pages were about eight hours a piece. Yeah. I remember that from like rough to final pencil and then another eight hours to shade and color. Yeah, so our podcast is basically gonna turn into me, like, all right, what are you guys gonna do next week? I'm gonna yell at Steven. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that's like, I'm writing the next story idea, guys. We're already on the next comic and Steven's on page 10. So, but no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little neater with the stock. Cause like the cover, I went like crazy. I'll still probably go pretty crazy on but maybe i'll go a little leaner so that way it's easier see i just have a problem you know this i just have a problem with committing to lines that's why i like the over detail stuff because like four line drawings or something like that like like mickey mouse style art or things like i just can't do i can't execute like what i'm trying to see yeah so i always i always just add a lot of detail to cover up like what i'm seeing okay so someone else said um it's this is kind of backtracking to what we were just talking about, but it's kind of interesting. He says, um, how do you storyboard and is connecting the strands of narrative overwhelming and how do you handle it to make a cohesive narrative? Normally, I think I talked about this a few episodes back where I have an issue with um, making my time, my, my panels too specifically like moment by moment when it comes to comic <laughs> books, which I'm trying to break. I'm trying to already break. If you read some of those panels, I'm trying to go from like, setting atlas down to i'm already in the outside of the room you know i don't have to see me closing the door you know like there's a part of my brain that wants to see every second of it because of there's part of my brain that wants me to just animate the entire that's what it is like that's like there i 100 just want to make a cartoon you know so so anyway i have to break that and basically just find the most important chunks uh, you know of the story which is kind of difficult sometimes you know um but mostly i you know i was telling you before for me the most important thing are just the main actions like the primary actions that have to occur on the page and as long as that is as as long as um that's translated some way on the page by you it's mm-hmm. i'm happy you know so as long as like you see me like in the first uh the first page is just an establishing shot of the home the second page was basically i'm setting down my son to go to sleep um, trying to basically hide the fact that I'm sad until I leave his room and then you see that I'm going to have to pack up my life you know <laughs> so basically the important parts were just having the baby putting the baby down leaving the room <laughs> you know like that's I know those are the main actions that have to happen and then beyond that it's just directing where the, the camera is you know so 
I try to do that in my thumbnails and the panels. And then I basically, in an abstract way, I write it down and then give it to Steven so he can translate it how he sees, kind of like what we were just describing before. So that's how that works. And then I basically just do that throughout a chapter. So I use the same method of creating one page as I do to create a full chapter. So I know what the first action is and I know what the last action is. Mm-hmm. And I fill in the spaces in between, you know, just so I, I break everything down like separate, like, like separate bullet points, you know, like I, I, break, I break every page down into bullet points and every chapter into separate bullet points of pages mm-hmm. and every, you know, the book into separate bullet points of chapters. And then, you know, so it goes like that. Um, for this project in particular, I don't, I'm probably going to cut a lot of this because I don't know, I don't know how much of like the comic book specific, like making stuff I should talk about and like how nerdy that is, or if it's like too much or not enough. <laughs> if people are going to be interested in those Yeah. Things. You know, so like, I don't want to lose the broad audience, but I also don't want to like lose people who would otherwise be interested in making comics. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I just have to edit it to like. I just need to like let everyone know it. We're not professionals whatsoever. So this is just our technique. You, your technique might be better than our technique. That's true. It's, if you have improved it, <laughs> let yeah, us know. What, what are let, us doing know. let us know how to fix this thing. Um, we're, try- <laughs> we're trying our best. Um, so, so basically, I, I write as, like, I outline the entire story. I try to create bullet points to know what action has to happen in each particular page. And then I break the each particular page down into several bullet points of actions. Um, what's been really difficult in this project so far is that it's a time travel project. And I don't want the character to travel back chronologically. Like it's not going to be a linear project, um, a linear travel. It's based on what the song he's listening to at the time. So he, he puts on this record that, um, <clears throat> he puts on this record that was an anniversary gift. So it's just several songs that all remind him of important moments throughout his relationship. And he's traveling through these various moments and they're not necessarily in chronological order. So the first time he goes back in time, he's going to see his now ex, but the day he proposes to her. So he knows that they're gonna break up, but now he's in this moment where he's supposed to literally ask her to be with him forever, (laughs) you know? So he's... He's di- you know, he's dying inside, but he's looking at her and he realizes he like wait he's he awakes in you know awakens in this moment where he has to see this person entering the room and he's holding this ukulele and he's ready to play the song for her to like propose marriage and he's just can he do it and should he do it? Should he change, you know, should he try to change everything knowing what's coming? Anyway, so mm-hmm. so basically I had to figure out a way to thematically or like tonally outline which was weird you know because it's really weird knowing what a character is going to go through in their life versus what they have to go through emotionally learning Mm -hmm. something through those different various times because like you can learn something thinking about like the the moment you were 12 and you got hit by a ball you know or something Mm -hmm. versus and you learn something different as you revisit those different moments in you know from a different perspective so I had to think about that a lot. And that's, but that's been a little bit of an issue, but I think getting it down on paper has been basically the same where I just, I break it all down as much as I can and then just write and give it to Steven to make magic with. So that's what I do. <laughs> um, um, I, I, our songwriting process has always kind of been like that fun, um, that, that fun assembly line thing too. Mm-hmm. I don't know, we, just, we, we come up with these funny ways to do things, but like I'll write something very simple and then you add on to it 
and make it much better. <laughs> and, um, Everybody, I just want you all to know that Anthony's extremely modest and he's completely down. Like he's not selling himself properly. So. He's overselling me, which is kind of unfair, honestly. It's what's gonna happen. So Stephen is gonna be very Stephen is the <laughs> god of guitar. Um, some people call him the Zeus of the six string. I've heard it by many people. Many people say that. Just Anthony, Anthony Lafusi goes now. The first person in the history of, of the world to call me that right there. So I had a rough few days. Um, the person I was seeing and I broke up. Um, I'm not going. I'm not going to go into detail about it. I will in a second, but not for you. I mean, for you. Here's the for thing. Steven, these are for my ears only. Like, okay, so I, this is what I'm going to do. I can't go into detail on it because I have to, I, out of respect for the person, it was very fresh, and I'm sure that she'll listen to this, and people she knows might listen to this, and I don't want anyone to have any sort of, like, ill will or, or you know, I don't want anyone you to You can think. probably just edit the whole segment if you want, then. That way she doesn't even think we talked about her behind. Hey, we're going to talk about you real quick. I don't... I, I think it's important to just kind of say, cause it is part of the issues and like, it's actually, and I'll like, I'm not afraid to say it is part of how I got the script done. <laughs> you know, part of how I finished getting it done, not because like I was so motivated or I had more time. It was, it's mostly just, I was trying to distract myself uh, from the breakup and stuff. So I just kind of threw myself into figuring out the script and writing as much as possible. And it worked. Um, I can totally avoid emotions by doing being productive. Um, this that's one beautiful thing about like playing guitar, drawing, or having any f- sort of art form is you really can just like go hide somewhere for a little bit if you have to. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's it's a little. It, it's not as cowardly as it sounds because I think that you also it's kind of cathartic like you 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 know we tend to express those emotions through the thing that we're doing you know mm-hmm. like here I am literally writing a script about someone who went through a breakup while mm-hmm. I'm going through a breakup um this one was a little it was a little weird um I'm not going to talk about it exactly what happened here I'm going to tell Steven and then maybe I'll cut some of his response into it so you can see it <laughs> but it's it was, was too. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so, so maybe I'll cut some of Steven's response to it in, but I can't, I can't, I can't in good conscience tell people in public exactly what happened. Cause I don't think it's fair to the, you know, to the person I was with. Um, sometimes people act out of character, um, which is hard for me personally to understand. Um, not because I never do something that I would like to be defined as out of character, but I don't personally attach thing or it's, it's like, I don't attach things to myself that way. Basically what, if I do something, I'm like, ah, I sucked then, you know, like I just think, I think of it as me and I'm just like, no, why did I do that? I'm the worst because it, it is in character. I'm like, I wish I wasn't that person. I have to get better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that some people, you know, the way they prefer to talk about things would be like, she acted out of character. Like she really did. I've never, I've never seen anyone do anything like this. So, <laughs> dude, okay. So this I can't I, even imagine. I can't even like look at like look at and see how you would handle that situation. Like it was so weird and like surreal and I, it was really weird. Like it, the, the, it reminded me of when I was in like third grade and I was supposed to stay over this person's house, but their dad creeped me out, so I ran home. <laughs> like that's what it reminded me of. Like it, like, I ran all the way home when I was in like third grade. I wasn't supposed to do this. But I stayed over this kid's house um, and his dad was just like checking on us all the time. And it was when we were in bed and we, like, yeah, it was very creepy. And I just 
I just ran out the front door, a child just running through the streets. Uh, you know, it's, I know that like personally in relationships, I, I do have a tendency to kind of like cut and like, like newer relationships. If I see a lot of things that I deem as red flags, I very much like will just throw my hands up with it and, you know, put up a white flag and just be like, never mind. You know, I'm sorry. And I don't know, like to, to an extent, I think that's the smartest thing to do. But then I understand that I also have to be careful as to not, you know, dismiss things too soon or too quickly, mm-hmm. you know, for the wrong reason. And Which I, like, I feel like you did, you did really give her a lot of opportunity, I, I think. Thought, I thought so, too. We talked about a few things that, you know, we had, and it wasn't just the Pendostodon thing, which is funny. Um, but there are other, when there are other issues, you know, I, I can't just deny them. And, and, you know, the same way I'm willing to jump into things and try to have faith in a new relationship and be optimistic, I also have to recognize you know sincere red flags and recognize moments where there's like a disconnect of some sort and i think that's really hard in relationships in general and i think it i don't know i i just personally have issues with that and i think some of it probably stems from you know my previous you know relationship with with my son's mom i like we started really strong like really strong there were no issues with us really in the beginning and it kind of was what I would describe as perfect, you know, as much as it can be for a long time, you know? Um, and then suddenly in that relationship- The hospitality industry just takes souls. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, but you know, people make decisions. And, you know, but so suddenly, mm-hmm. suddenly there were issues where I had not recognized any potential for any issues whatsoever. So then it was just like, oh, tidal wave of death to that relationship. And I think that I might still have some lingering like PTSD with that, where if I, you know, if I see an issue early on, I'm scared of that tidal wave coming, you know, like mm-hmm. those little butterfly flaps of, you know, incongruity, whatever it may be like that disconnect. I can't help sometimes, but to worry about the effect it's going to have in the future. You can try like so hard to be neat and organized and like think you're doing like the right thing in so many different ways. And like, people are still going to be people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's what's going to happen. People are going to people. I'm, I'm a nester, man. And I, I mean, besides our like little brief stint of being shattered for a bit, like Tina's a nester too. So like, I, I'm at least fortunate in that regard. Like, yeah. this is hard. It's, it's hard to find someone that you can for sure know. Yeah. So that, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to handle like those sort of situations. I try really hard. And I think I like, we've spoken in private about, that relationship and how I was trying to work through some things and I was trying to be forgiving and trying to be understanding. And I don't, I, I also know that there's a part of me, I don't know if anyone else is like this, but I kind of like, they're like emotional switches that start to turn off when I start to be scared of certain things or when like, if I start to recognize that there's already a disconnect somewhere happening, I start to be like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't get too excited. You know, it's kind of like, like when you know, okay, like there's a difference between when you're a kid and you're like, I really want Mortal Kombat versus your parents going, we might get you Mortal Kombat. Like there's a difference, you're right? Like you don't get your hopes up until they're like, we might get that, right? But even when they say that, you're like, liars. They want me to do the dishes. They want me to do, they're not, gonna, not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it. So you don't get, so you get your hopes up like this much, but you kind of like cap it, you know? Like you mm-hmm. recognize, like, I know them as a person. I know the way they, they've, they've, they're gonna me. buy me a toaster is what they're gonna do. They're gonna buy me, you know that story, Stephen? 
Do you know, that's, you know that story? It's <laughs> a great story. My, so my, previously, I, I told mean, Tina the other day, actually. She's like, hey, bought him a toaster? I'm like, bought him a toaster. My parents, bless their hearts. Um, my parents bought me a toaster oven for Christmas one year. Um, now, what, now, when I say they bought me a toaster oven, what, what I really mean was they bought a toaster oven and put my name on it as a joke, and I put it in my bedroom. Because <laughs> Anthony was petty. <laughs> so i was gross but i was also mad and yeah that was young anthony young anthony was a different animal than, yeah, than that's current true. Anthony. i was i was i was a little bitter about getting a toaster oven um it was pretty funny though so i, I had a toaster oven in my room for a while it was it was really good i made a lot of those really cheap grilled cheese <laughs> sandwiches that only a toaster oven can perfect oh yes seriously. yeah but, dude you can just t- you can just turn your toaster on the side Oh, just grilled cheese like that that's true my personal relationship issues i i have i definitely see too many red flags but i'm all, i don't know if that's just being too careful or if i'm the right amount of care i'm sure with having a son it makes that whole situation much more difficult to navigate you it know like truly really does it really does like I, this person is going to influence atlas yes. so so to what extent can i can I accept any spectrum of behavior? You know, so like, yeah, normal human stuff. We're all good. Okay. You have people make mistakes, but then if you do certain things or like show certain proclivities or certain, you know, like an aggression of any sort, I can't, you know, like I can't, I can't abide, you know? Um, yeah. So my, my current plan is um, no relationships, no dating apps until we publish something, you know, like um, until. And I'm just going to keep doing everything I already do. That's right. <laughs> so Stephen, you live this cool life i'm gonna i'll do me um i I'm, do have two daughters it's rough stuff no i know i saw them both today um <laughs> very rough uh that's funny so oh my gosh Stephen, you know we haven't spoken about at all yet i was actually trying to think of a good way to segue into kirsten dunce's young character in interview with a vampire but i just couldn't think of a better way to do it besides meow okay so so sincerely uh today i was i was talking with atlas and we were we we're i atlas knows all the different ways to destroy vampires you know um and there's some things about like the the lore like traditionally or just in the different media about vampires that it's i just think it's funny what different creators pick and choose to play with you know how like sometimes crosses work sometimes they don't sometimes they work if you have faith in them sometimes they don't silver is surprisingly one for me that's not always the case like yes. okay so my in my books in bullet and the beast and in um table scraps my novel silver is the only way to kill vampires mm-hmm. and i just and so like it has to be silver in any way but they usually do it through the chest but it's silver um but that's not the case in basically anything anymore which yeah, is silver it was like blade like yeah. I remember, like, like when we would watch like vampire movies it was like blade is the silver, and they would just you know explode into dust even if i could just graze them you know like yeah so i i, I well like from dust till dawn i love how they're arguing about i know silver silver's for silver bullets are for werewolves but silver has something to do with vampires and then kate speaks up and she's like does anyone have any silver then who cares yeah you know? <laughs> But yeah, I, I was playing with Atlas and we were talking about it and it just reminded me about the mirror thing because it was like, I was trying to think of recent, like more recent vampire movies that use it and how funny it is that like a lot of vampires are known for their beauty, but a lot of them also don't have reflections, which is funny. What do you, okay, what do you prefer? They must have like, they must, they must have vampire like teammates, like 
they like dress each other. I mean, that's the only way it would work, right? Like if we were vampires, like we would just make sure that each other looked good. Oh yeah, you'd be my stylist. I'd be yours, hundred percent. Yeah, I'd be your stylist. I, mean, I guess they could use like an iPhone. Maybe does that count as a reflection? No, I, I mean well, cameras. Yeah, because... cameras are mirrors, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, okay, so oh, uh, is that how that technology works? I don't know how cameras. Work. I I really wanted to start a Kickstarter for the Bullet and the Beast book that I'm working on um, since it's October. And it's like a horror-based book. I thought it would be cool mm-hmm. to start the, you know, Kickstarter this month. But I'm just, I'm not sure if I'm confident enough that I'm going to be able to succeed in getting like enough backers yet. You know, I want to, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm not really sure what my intention is with it yet. I kind of want to keep the story going and know that I have enough issues to make people interested. And I, it's, it's so strange. Like, like the have pod- an arc. Even yeah yeah i wanted to get like a like the first couple like few at least the first three and then like release those together to get you know to kind of like chum the water for people's interest hopefully it's kind of like this podcast like i know like we go on long right and i i know that would be smart to cut it down to like half hour to 40 minutes that way people are more likely to like give it a chance you know because when you see something that you know like when you something yeah yeah when you see something that's a new they're new people creating something you've never heard of them you don't know them at all do you sit around for the two hours for them to talk about their comics and stuff you know i don't know um i do you know and i i'm sure that other people do but i don't know so i i, I don't i don't have that confidence yet in what you know in like the podcast or in my own books so like i'm trying to just do it you know that's kind of that's kind of the only philosophy i can have with creating things right is just you know if we just build it, then we'll it. Come. yeah mm-hmm. yeah just we try our best and you know put it out there and hopefully people respond well to it um, which i've noticed with our, our fourth episode we didn't like advertise as much this week yeah and it, the view the viewership did dip so i mean yeah you see that so like I, just, I feel bad spamming my facebook but on the same token i, I don't really fill up my feed and most people just share random stuff anyway so yeah so so if you're out there and you're listening and you have some you know, sympathy for us, uh, we'd appreciate it if you share our channel or videos. Do or it. Do it. <laughs> but please, we need you and your grandma. Um, all of your grandmas. Send all your grandmas. I'm hoping, what I'm genuinely hoping for is that like your parents divorced so that you have two sets of grandparents. You have two parents. sets of grandparents. They can all subscribe to us. Oh. That's at least four grandparents. How many grandparents for us? Okay, so now that you, so now that you have the pages and stuff, um, now that you have the script for the first chapter, basically, what's your plan for this week? I'm gonna try to work on some pages. That would be the ideal. Um, All right. So, like, if if you could boil it down to like one specific goal, what do you think it would be? Skip the first page and just start working on two and three. No, I'm just kidding. You, you can. It doesn't matter. No, I'll probably try to get the first page done because it's a huge splash yeah i feel like it's important like i'm trying to like figure out how i want to get that page because um i feel like you like kind of described the ending of the book to me so like i yeah have an idea of how it's it dark it starts dark ends light type thing and like i do want to like try to like bookend it that's why yeah that's the only reason i have the that beginning page is the exterior because it has it's a full circle you know you're gonna try to get the first page I'm going to I'm going to write the entire chapter two, so that's my plan. I'm pretty sure I'll be able to do it, especially since now I have more time. Um, 
I'm probably gonna get some dislikes too. It's gonna hurt my soul. That's okay. We have not received any yet, thankfully. She's gonna. She's gonna do it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm hoping she's a better person. Listen, than you can't dislike it just because of him. That's true. If you, like, dislike I'm here him, too, and I've done nothing wrong. Steven is a saint. I mean, I've wronged a lot of people in my life, but May not 17, you. Steven. We do have to talk about some of Steven's issues at some point. <laughs> we have to talk about who Steven is as a man sometimes. Like, I, I, I'm not going to recommend you keep this part in, but, like, one time I had a problem with, like, peeing to bed when I was, like, seven. I had, like, a, I don't know, my sister Sarah throwing you under the bus. We both had issues with that. We had pee issues. <laughs> But I was at my friend's house, and we were sitting. You in had bed. piss shoes. I had piss shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I peed to bed. I wake up, and he's laying next to me. And I peed to bed while he's laying in bed. And I'm like, "Get up!" I roll him into my pee <laughs> with the blanket on him and left. <laughs> Just left. <laughs> like, dude made a mess. He he's probably. <laughs> He's lived his whole life. <laughs> he beat on me. Steven, I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> Steven, I'm afraid I have to leave that in. It's, it made me cry from laughing. I have to leave it in. Uh, like, if by chance he ever finds this video, he's going to know exactly. I don't like, even need to, like, names or anything. Like, he's just going to be like, Oh my god. <laughs> Steven, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, um, since I'm dealing with like emotional stuff, um, I was gonna ask because is there anything because I know we both have like I know like all of our friends have some sort of like parental issues. Mm-hmm. Um is there anything in like movies or music that like gets you more than other things, like makes you cry? Dude, it's not nothing, nothing in particular. Well, dude, just like some songs, if they just sound emotional and I'm singing along, I'll have a hard time singing them and start to tear up or well up. Um, let me think. What's a song? If you have yours, you can go ahead and start saying yours. Well, but well, I like for me, it's like anytime. Honestly, especially now. Sorry, I know ostrich head in the sand, but like anytime there's anything that's like really just like good overcoming evil like like when the good guys like pull it through and win there's like that like optimistic like goosebump moment of victory mm. it just like like wells up in me sometimes um like it, it happens in the most ridiculous times something like literally justice league made me cry <laughs> like justice league um like that'll get me but like more personally it's usually like parents or like fathers being proud gets mm-hmm. me. That sort of thing gets me a lot. Or I'm like, obviously I have something going on here. Because of daddy <laughs> you know? issues. Yes. I definitely, have, I definitely have those. Yeah. So, you know, like anytime someone's like shows that, that they're proud of someone or that they really care about something or like when, anytime someone's really supportive, that gets me too. That sort mm-hmm. of thing. You know, um, that stuff, that stuff gets me. Obviously, like, there are some things with kids, you know, there's some things with uh, relationships, 
that that will make me well up but it's 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 usually the like happy tears or the you know it's it's just i get really emotional about that sort of thing for some reason i was wondering if if you had any of those oh yeah like like i said like it's always displaced it's not even even like a sad song or moment but it's just like an, you can tell it's an emotional song Mm-hmm. And just like, like even like, even like some of like the Frozen songs, man. Like the way some of them like sound melodically, and like when you try, when you go to sing it, like it's a sad sounding. Yeah, um, yeah, man. There's, I, I know what you're talking about. I definitely, I feel like that's the only way I do feel. If that yeah. makes any sense. No, like, I feel like I feel like I don't get sad. See, okay, so I I kind of have that problem, and uh, you know, like I've definitely been dealing with it more so after my last breakup. Is I know. <sighs> Like, I, I feel really, like, connected to people when, when it happens, you know, when, like, I can feel the connection with people, and when things are good, I feel that it's good, but I also just kind of have this weird disconnect when things go mm-hmm. bad. Like, when things are bad, I don't immediately, like, I don't cry, I don't get really sad, I just think a lot, and I, I try to work through it, and... It doesn't always show that I'm actually sad. Like, I feel sad, and sometimes I get, you ever... You ever get the physical waves of depression in your mm-hmm. chest? Has that happened to you? Like, it's I don't. Not as often. I I I suffer more with highs, but like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, Bo. Yeah. Yeah, like I like I'll get that more than I'll get in my head with like tears in front of people. I very very rarely cry in front of people because I'm sad. Um, I'm much more likely to cry because something makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, my, like my mom the other day, I was in the kitchen making my lunch and we were talking about, uh, losing parents. Um, and my, but my mom said when she lost her mom, when she lost her mom, um, the, one of her favorite moments, like the thing that made her feel better was that I came up and hugged her and like, it makes me feel like emotional just talking about it now, but like she said, you don't realize those moments. Yeah. But she, but she said, you know, that my just just me being there for her and, and like showing you know my sympathy and my love for her was just so important to her and just like that just me being important to her even though I know I am because I'm her son mm-hmm. like just feeling that I was like oh oh god you know like it's a good yeah. thing it's making me emotional and you know um so like I get that but I don't I don't directly I don't really express my sadness immediately in the way that a lot of people do and like, are you, so you like that too sometimes? Like you, and it makes you, okay. So in, in the past, it's made people feel like I'm unemotional, which, which sucks. And I don't know. And, you know, I mean, I don't feel it. It'll just be like five years later or something. Yeah. Like, well, yeah and and it's, it's staggered. I can't explain it. It's like, it's some sort of weird defense mechanism that I must've like created at some point where I don't feel those moments when they're, when they're happening. Like I remember, and like, I, I think you remember too, like the year after when I finally did feel any effects of it. But when my grandma passed away, that was like the first real loss of my life. And like, I wasn't crying. And I remember my siblings telling me like how like cold I was and how, how, you know, I didn't even care that grandma was gone. And it's like, no, I don't know why I'm like completely imprisoned in my own self right now, but I, I just, I can't feel those things for some reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I go through the exact same thing and it's, it's defense for sure. Yeah. 
and you know, it's, I don't think it's really, it's never fair to judge people on how they're mourning something or how they're experiencing mm-hmm. something, you know, and I understand the react, the response in certain, you know, situations that, you know, you want to see someone that some that you want to see that someone cares. And it's really hard to see when someone's not showing that particular emotion, especially if you're crying, if you're crying already, and you're really upset. And someone's staring back at you just kind of thinking with a you know contemplative expression just kind of nothing in front of you yeah yeah, and you know i i don't mean to be like stoic you know but i i am more thoughtful than i am Mm -hmm. emotional and Mm -hmm. and i you know so i i I tend to write things that's why i write like i'm literally writing a graphic novel about this whole breakup thing that i have i tend to write out everything i'm feeling and i when i write when I write them out, I cry and like get through what I was feeling and I squeeze that sponge, so to speak. But in the moment, it doesn't come out that way. I'm not, you know, when I'm looking at someone, sometimes, you know, like I'll well up and it'll happen. I definitely, when I, you know, when my son's mom and I broke up, I definitely cried a lot. Um, But then I didn't, you know, like I cried. And then there were several conversations that you'd imagine there should be tears, but there weren't, you know, and that was really weird. I feel like I feel like that's like the one, the one um, thing that breaks the mold is like unexpected. Yeah. Because like when teen when that happened with us, I mean, I remember I was completely destroyed for like ever. Yeah. And I remember crying and all that, but like, I think that's what it is. It's like when when I think that the reason why maybe we don't cry in a moment or feel like sad in the moment is because we already saw that moment coming or right. felt that moment, so we're already prepared for it. I think so too those curveball moments are what catch us off guard and they get mm-hmm. us. And then that's what makes us actually get upset. It's, I think we spend most of our lives like trying to predict what's going to come. Yeah. I, I think so too. I think it's, it, you know, we, we have this idea of what like the potential future is. Mm-hmm. And as long as something is within our potential future that we predicted, we don't respond too poorly to it. So like if, you know, good or bad, we see, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, yeah, I saw this coming to an extent. I was hoping it would be this one. You know, and I, you know, like with my son's mom, I didn't see that happening, you know, and I, exactly. you know, and then, but with my newer relationship, there were a few indicators that mm-hmm. made me think that something bad was coming. And, you know, I hope it's not a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't think it is, but. Well, you've obviously had instances where it's not, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. So I don't think... Yeah. So, you know, I think that part of it is like compartmentalizing things too, where I kind of think like. I think it's compartmentalizing because if someone does a certain thing, I think, oh boy, if this continues, it's not gonna be so great. Like, you know, it's kind of like capping off emotionally, knowing that like, oh God, if, if they're capable of doing this thing, I don't think I can get past this wall or like, there's a threshold emotionally, you know? And I think it's that way with any relationship in general, kind of like, you know, like you have coworkers that you're just not that close with. So you kind of have like, you haven't crossed through that personal threshold emotionally, you know, but as soon as someone shares something and you start getting a little closer, you kind of open that door. Now the room's a little bigger and you're saying like, okay, we can walk around this room together and I can see the pictures of your kids or I can see the pictures of like who you were when you were in high school or whatever. And then there's another door where it's like, oh, this is who you are musically. This is who you are, you know, emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes people do things and you just see those doors close. You know, and you know, I'm not going to walk through that that door. That door would have been where all my tears were. Like, you know, like if we were already in that door and then the door shut and I was forced out of it, 
that's where tears come from. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're forced out of those doors where you once thought, you know, it was your new home to, to an extent, or you at least felt welcome. Um, when you're forced out of those places, you feel, you know, abandoned, you feel rejected, you feel, you know, so that's where all the- I can only imagine, dude, like, cause like, I experienced all those feelings, but obviously mine ended differently. And like, I remember thinking those ways, like those ways, like how, like, there's certain, there's certain aspects that I'm going to have to like live with knowing like she's going to, you know, move on. She's going to meet someone else. She's going to marry someone else. She's going to, and it was just like these unreal thoughts, like these like unbelievable thoughts like that. Like I just, I couldn't process. Like it was just so like every memory like is tainted, but at the same time, not like it's, you want to hold on to them, but you can't. Like I, I know, like I feel bad talking about it because I had the resolution that like, you know, where it, it came full circle for me, where I was still able to, you know, salvage that. But I mean, there was still a lot of woe and everything that came out of that situation. I mean, it was, it was years of, 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 you know, navigating a lot of stuff, but, oh, like, yeah. but yeah, man, like, I know what you're talking about. I know like that, that it's not a good feeling. I remember those thoughts. I remember, I just remember, yeah. Like laying in bed, my dad playing Papa Roach. <laughs> Wait, because you were cutting your life into pieces? It wasn't even that one. It, it was, was your last that. resort. No, man, it wasn't even that. Like, it wasn't. I, I don't even want to say good pop roast because I'm not a fan. Sorry, father, if you're listening to this. Um, it was that tear my heart open, like that self-indulging song yeah. that he sings, like where he's like, just I'm such a good guy. Yeah. What, how could you do? My weakness is that I care too much. Like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. okay. It's cringy. You, but um but like that song like yeah i remember it's like because i had it back here with my mom and everything and yeah that was like weird time okay but let's be let's be fair here if you have to retire any music it's it's okay that it's papa roach right <laughs> like like oh no you, like you can't listen to that anymore because it'll probably remind you of those moments Ooh. but you also don't have to listen to papa roach ever. you know what song like was like a sword through my chest oh what was I, it? I, I remember like because like one of T and I's whole issues was always like how I didn't really like appreciate her and do like enough in like those moments like dance and things like that. And that Bruno Mars song, which is such an obviously sad song anyway, but that I should have bought you flowers, like the oh, whole song, like oh my, like it was just like it was like a popular song at the time, so I heard it all the time, and I was just like, ah, I'm just dying over here. Oh, yeah, it's important. That's crazy. It, it's it's amazing you know it's like the uh high fidelity thing like which came first the music or the misery you know but um it's really interesting how we you know we no matter what we have that selective attention where the universe seems to conspire to you know show a soundtrack of our of whatever we're experiencing you know like i when i went i made this for you yeah it's exactly what it feels like um but yeah, it's just weird how like we watch these things when we're going, when we're experiencing different things, we watch things that tend to be a mirror to whatever our experience is. And it's, it's kind of magic. It's kind of like when we have dreams and then like the thunder will happen in our dreams and we wake up and it's thundering outside and it's like, Whew. so I heard the storm and my alarm went off and like everything just like lines up perfectly in a dream somehow. And it's just like, what was that magic, <laughs> you know? Um, but anyway, so I like, I've had so many moments like that where like, you know, some sort of sitcom or movie just perfectly aligns with whatever i'm going through at the time and mm. it, it happens a lot with music that's for sure like i yeah, music's just 
for sure. Yeah, I mean, I even have to be kind of careful because, like, I, I like I'll put on Spotify and um, I'll put on like a playlist, and I'll have to, I have a couple of songs that are just basically like "Don't rush into a relationship too soon" type <laughs> of songs that that definitely hit my life at a very important time on accident. You know, like there's a song um, by a uh, who is it? <clears throat> Oh, there's a song by Against Me called uh, Born on the FM Airwaves of the Heart or something like that. And it's just all about like not saying I love you too soon and like mm-hmm. not rushing into things and like, you know, recognizing that like sometimes things are really exciting at first, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right thing to do. You have to be careful, mm-hmm. you know? Um, be smart. Yeah, you have to be smart. And so I like I discovered that song on accident literally during one of those moments where I was just new to dating and I was kind of finally like I finally had met someone who I was like oh there's potential here and I am such an idiot when it comes to just like like gasping at potential where I'm just like I don't know I, like, I've always been like, like the podcast like the comics like everything else like I'm willing to take leaps of faith you mm-hmm. know like like I think that's the only way to really accomplish things sometimes because mm-hmm. I think you know you can plan forever and you know and want everything just like my relationship with my son's mom you know like you can think everything's perfect and try to build this perfect house of cards but not know what's going to happen you don't know what's mm-hmm. going to come along and like you know gust tidal wave over your you know whole card castle so that's actually a lesson I'm learning with art in general too it's not I, I feel like you've kind of taught me that in a way too like you think you always think like I'm in the in the way like this. I can never make it better than this. But you just you just need to like keep doing stuff and keep making stuff, and you'll realize that those things that used to be your like the greatest are just a, a small stepping stone in your progress. You know what I'm saying? Like exactly. the thing that you thought was going to be everything is actually just this very tiny, minute thing that's just nothing. You know? Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, crazy how that works. It really is crazy. It's like that's why I think it's so important to just instead of looking at everyone and being like being discouraged by everyone else's success to look at people and like be thankful for them and congratulate them and then try to basically just be better than you were yesterday you know like like when I when I write things that's why when I look back at things I've written I I, you know I try not to cringe too much and I'm like I'm glad that I'm a better writer now or I feel that I'm a better you know my writing has improved to an extent that I can now judge myself you know that's good like it's you know I don't ever want to feel like I've just completely plateaued you know so that it's it's nice to know that we're growing and we're still trying um I think like there's the saying the the perfection is the enemy of the good you know like I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind you know like you have to work at something and just be happy with what what progress you make and celebrate those mm-hmm. little victories and then move forward and just keep trying, you know? So just, you know, like the podcast and the comics, like relationships, like I, I've definitely thrown my body off many cliffs trying mm-hmm. to make relationships work. Um, and, you know, I, I'm definitely, I'm feeling a little more reluctant to jump into that right now, which is healthy, I think. Um, I, I'm not looking to date anytime soon so i'm i'm pretty much going to go you, just got, you got you gotta you gotta get someone before we become famous though otherwise you'll never See, know that's my that's my fear i need someone to want me if you can't handle me at my destitute <laughs> you don't deserve you me you don't deserve me at my me- mediocrity okay <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve yeah. me at like me surviving enough that's right that's right <laughs> um no i think it's it's funny though i don't know i yeah, I, was, I was trying to think of which celebrity you were aiming for cat dennings, right? dennings 
Yeah, that if it, so like cool. I love Kat Dennings. I, th- I think she's so cool. She seems. So- I think you're. I think you're attractive enough. We just need to get you a little bit more popular. That's all. I can't agree, <laughs> but but I I agree with the popularity part. Um, not that Kat Dennings only dates people who are popular or whatever, but um, I'm I mean, just you saying be, you have to be within her radar. Like I'm sure she's an awesome person, but like you can't just you can't just date Anthony Abusi. You know what I'm saying? He has true. to be like. I mean, I guess she could. Hey, Kat, date him and make her comic awesome. That's true. Please? <laughs> no, I'm Kat Dennings. I'm not ready to date yet. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to take a break, Kat Dennings. Um, in the future. In the future. No, that's, I don't know her. She could be ridiculous, but I don't know, she seems cool. I, I think that's, that's one of the most interesting things about dating that I've discovered is just like, how little importance there truly is with like physical attraction like it has to be there but i think like (laughs) there's so much there's so much after that that it's just like if you think of okay think about dating apps right i always thought it's really funny that if you think about dating apps you literally judge people in the most superficial way you're like okay left swipe if i don't like you right swipe if you're right for me if i like you you know (laughs) don't judge a book by its cover but we literally but we literally do but the funniest thing so but the funniest thing about it is they want you to judge the book by the cover and they always put the information literally below the surface so you literally have to look deeper to see more about people like isn't that it's kind of i think it's funny it's kind of brilliant in a way that like you can either judge books by their by the book by their cover or you can choose to look beneath the surface and learn about the person right and then but even beyond that you know people write things about themselves and I don't writing about something like a synopsis and a book are two different things, <laughs> you know, like a book can sound really good and then not be so great. Same thing with a movie. A movie can sound real cool. Like Sharknado sounds like it's going to be fun, like an awesome movie, not necessarily good, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm just kidding. Sharknado. I love you. <laughs> You're amazing. Sharknado. So this is the Sharknado podcast. <laughs> what are sharks? So the- if not ocean vampires, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're the vampires of the sea. They they want your blood, dude. I've been I've been like reading stuff about like how orcas kill them, man. And like I used to I used to think sharks were evil, but like orcas, man, they're they're nasty, bro. They like flip great whites on their bellies and drown them. That's insane. Like, and then That's eat insane. and then precision eat their organs and then just leave their freaking carcasses floating upside down. So much so that great white sharks, when they see orcas, they're just like, yeah, we're not going to come back here for like five years. Like, That's gone. amazing. So next week you're going to work on a, you're going to try to finish one page mm-hmm. pencil wise. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect any more. That'd be crazy. Um, so you're going to try to finish one page pencil wise and I'm going to write all of chapter two. That's our plan. Yeah, we're really bad at this, so help us out. Uh, we really appreciate you listening at all or watching at all. Um, if you're just listening to this and you don't know that we have the YouTube channel, we do have a YouTube channel. You just have to search for We Have Issues. Um, if, you, if you're interested, please just look us up on YouTube where We Have Issues podcast. Uh, you'll see all of our comics on there, and you'll know that it's us. It's Stephen and Anthony, and please subscribe. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, have thank a you for joining evening. <laughs> or more whenever this is posted have one of those for yeah, us well, it's evening have a pleasant morning evening in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening good night thank you all thank you for watching we have issues thank you for watching we have issues say see you next time see you next time